I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. This is another big kahuna of a podcast episode. And one of the reasons why is because we're taking a lot of information that we've gathered over the years, we're pulling it all together and we're presenting it to you. So it's sort of unique. Yes. So on this episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, we're going to give you a buyer's guide mm -hmm. from our experiences of owning upwards of 13 brand new pickup trucks over the last three years. And there may be a couple bonuses in there as well. But bear in mind, we're not talking about just something that we buy and flip. We're talking about vehicles that we owned in many cases for up to and even over a year. And when we say we, it's not Nathan and I. No. We say TFL Studios. Because That's correct. We have some personal vehicles mm -hmm. that we will not be touching on a lot. That's correct. Here. This is what TFL has owned, and we've put a lot of miles cumulatively uh, on all these pickups. And we have, um, we wanted to share that experience with you. Right. And there's a lot to cover. So we're not going to bounce around too much with other topics. We're essentially going to stick with this. But before we do, Andre, should we talk about our Patreon supporters? Yes, absolutely. We have to because without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do or buy any of these trucks. Yeah, little Jimmy um, wouldn't be able to afford the crutches he's on. Yes. So just very recently, Ty Fox has supported us on patreon.com slash TFLcar. So it's a one um, link mm -hmm. slash TFLcar for all of our TFL studios. That's right. Uh, we don't have a special one for truck or off-road. No, or we're too cheap like to get one. <laughs> well, we just wanted to have one place, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so patreon.com slash TFLcar. We recently had a couple of questions or comments, one from David Johnson and also Mark Cooper. So as we move through this, uh, we'll talk a little bit about their questions. Okay, well. fair enough. So well, let's rewind the clock about three years. Okay. And so why three years? Well, what TFL truck really has been a channel for more than 10 years now. Yeah, yeah, we're but, past the 10-year point. But we, if we talked about every truck for 10 years, uh, over 10 years, we would be here for hours. So Yeah, yeah. And, and But I can quickly throw in the first truck we officially bought for TFL Studios, yes. and that was a Ford Raptor. 
Yes, that was the first gen. First gen. 2014 Ford Raptor, which was nine years ago. Mm-hmm. I that's, mean, that's right. Yeah. So, so we had other shows focusing on those tracks. Right. But we wanted to be a little bit more recent. Exactly. So how about we start with this? The Jeep Gladiator 2020. This is the first year of the new Gladiator pickup mm-hmm. truck. This is a midsize truck. This was a new entry for Jeep. And of course, we wanted to be you know, there when it launched. We were one of the first to get our hands on one. We wanted to get the Rubicon with certain features on it. And we absolutely had a plan with this one right out of the bat. We, right off, right off the bat. Yes. Um, that we wanted to do some mild modifications using mostly JPP components or Mopar components and make this into what was a usable everyday serious off-roader. And I think we managed to do that. Yeah, and this is important for Jeep, right? Because Stellantis or FCA at that time, at that time. They, they didn't really have a mid-size pickup. No. Of, of no, any kind. No, none, no uh, whatsoever. No, no Ram, no, you know, um, nothing like that. So this was really important, and this is a lifestyle vehicle. Like you said, Rubicon was important to us because mm-hmm. we're, we love off-roading. We're in Colorado. Yeah, and a lot of the videos we do are based around off-roading. Yes, so we did buy one. Uh, we named him Gobi mm-hmm. because it was the kind of a Gobi desert color, kind of a sandy color. And we stuck with that theme throughout the design. Yeah, and like you said, uh, we didn't want to go too crazy with it uh, because we could have put it on 40s. You oh, know, yeah, we could have gone nuts. Uh, we could have, you know, hemi-swapped it, but it was a 3.6 Pentastar that, that's still there yes. uh, to this day. Uh, and you know what? I think we've said this before. Using the Jeep performance parts, lift kit, using Fox shocks, and 35s that we put on it, the 35-inch tall tires, it was probably the best modification to any pickup we've ever done. It is, and the reason why is because it actually drove slightly better. Normally, when After. you yes, once you lift a truck uh, or any car vehicle really, uh, you tend to lose something in doing that. Uh, maybe the comfort, the rides, handling, or something like that. This vehicle actually drove better in almost every measurable way. After we did this mild lift and we beefed up the suspension, put on beefier tires, that it drove like it belonged on that vehicle from the get-go. And it was a wonderful build, and we did a great job with it. I was very proud of it. Yeah, and a lot of the trucks will leave alone. Mm-hmm. And we've discussed this as yeah. we move along. And um, we, we, we've we modified a few others uh, to various degrees of success. Mm-hmm. But this, the Gladiator 2020, was our first you know, really successful project, I would say. Right, right. And Super maybe if, if they're at the end of this video, we'll talk about some of our least successful builds, maybe, uh, or at least hint to them a little okay, bit. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right, so, so let's uh, move on to the next one. So, eh? yeah, so once again, uh, just wrapping up the Gladiator, oh, yeah. I would say, because we, we want this to be kind of a buyer's guide. Yeah. I would say it was a really solid truck. Uh, no mechanical issues. Uh, it doesn't tow super well. No, it doesn't. And and I wanted to mention that, too. I forgot. Uh, I think uh, with that setup, it was over 7,000 pounds. Uh, it, we may have lost a little bit by adding that lift, by the way. Um, but I, I don't know by what. We, we never actually had an actual calculation of that. But nonetheless... The vehicle itself does to tow really well for a Jeep. However, for a pickup truck, not so much. If towing is what you want to do with a mid-sized truck, there are better trucks out there. Yeah, and it's not just it's dangerous or unsafe. It's just kind of straining too much. It just doesn't feel yeah. happy, especially with that Panastar. It just really feels unhappy 
towing, frankly. Yeah, and we know there's a diesel option mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. soon will be discontinued in yeah. the Gladiator lineup, the three-liter turbo diesel. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but that truck is a little bit better, but it doesn't have a lot of payload, that diesel Gladiator. So. Because that diesel is so heavy, it takes away from the payload. Yeah, and we still don't have any official word on the plug-in Gladiator. No. Or, or I, by E of any sort. Which is surprising. I thought that by now they'd have something, but uh, I think maybe COVID has, has slowed it down. And also I heard this. Uh, there was a recent report that Jeep wanted to focus on the 2024 Wrangler updates that just came out. Mm -hmm. And we have many videos from Roman and Tommy and everybody else. Um, and then the Gladiator will come. Yeah. You know, the updated Gladiator. Let's so. hope so. Uh, the sales are still relatively strong. I mean, they've dipped a little bit, but it's they're, they're still selling. And I, I, I really would have bought a Gladiator had they not upped the prices so much uh, to, to a point to where it was just no longer affordable to get a base model. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the next project truck and next long-term truck we had, uh, which was the 2020 Ford F-250 uh, that we started calling Super Tremor. Yes. Now, I consider this truck to be the most successful failure uh, to a certain degree. <laughs> um, only because we, it, it worked It worked for what we wanted to do. Yes. But I truly believe that if you stuck with what Ford did with their regular, their Tremor, um, you would be better off than what we did. So, as we always do, uh, we try to be first, mm -hmm. right? You already mentioned it with the Jeep. Yes. Uh, here in 2020, Ford had refreshed and updated their Super Duty truck lineup. Right, but most importantly... Engine. Yes. The new engine, the Godzilla. So, we really wanted to jump on the Godzilla engine. This is a 7.3 liter gasoline V8, which was completely redesigned mm -hmm. and kind of overshadowed the 6.2 V8 that they've had for years yes. uh, in the Ford's uh, heavy-duty trucks. Um, so we had to jump on it. But as with everything, we didn't have a huge budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have budgets, but not unlimited budgets. Not so we yeah. couldn't actually wait or afford a, a proper you know, factory tremor. Right. So we wanted to make our own. And that is exactly what we did with yeah. some partners and with a little bit of finagling. We managed to take this truck that has not, at that point in time, gone through a proper off-road lift with the bigger tires and everything else. And oh, everything else, including a, a, a what you call it, a... Um, the camper. Four-wheel camper, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Four-wheel camper in yeah. the back? Uh, all Which this is a full sliding camper. Yeah, a full sliding camper. Yeah. We went and we really built this thing up from being a regular, decent pickup truck to being a really burly, off-road capable pickup truck. And I think uh, part of the less successful, I, I, I love this truck, by the way. I know Roman dislikes it. Maybe mm. you dislike it no, a little I'm bit. I'm on the fence about it. Yeah. I, just, I, I love and hate it. And here's what I think, by the way, I, I was leading a lot of these projects because yeah. I'm the managing editor yes, of you are. truck. But I think I was trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. uh, because we worked with Carly suspensions, and mm -hmm. of course they have the king shocks that they use with Carly. Right. Um, and they can customize their uh, suspension packages for each use case. Mm -hmm. So I, I had two use cases. First, I wanted to have a camper, mm -hmm. which is what you know one of the reasons for this truck. And also, I wanted it to be a great off-road heavy-duty truck. Right. So we had we we actually got two sets of heavy-duty leaf springs from Carly. One for heavier weight of the camper, right. and one for the lighter weight of, of no camper. Right. But 
sometimes, I mean, it's hard to swap springs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not something you do in your driveway it's over not, an it's, hour. It's not what you lay on your back and, and use a couple of jack stands on. Uh, this yeah. truck weighs, you know, 7,000 pounds. Yes. So it's not super easy. But um, I think the best moment of this F-250 V8, actually two best moments, uh, we did a series comparing it to the Chevy Trail Boss mm -hmm. and also our Jeep yep. because we had one of each kind of classifications of right. truck. And we drove over, um, it wasn't Red Cone, it was um, Pintop? No, what's what's that trail? All right. Um, it was near Buena Vista. And I, I, I crested the summit of this mountain, mm -hmm. and there were people in side-by-sides with their jaws open. <laughs> and I was like, I was wondering, why are they looking at me? And I pulled up to uh, some of these folks, and they're like, you brought this massive truck here? They couldn't believe it. Yeah. They couldn't believe that this ginormous crew cab on 37s, because the trail is kind of tight, right? It's Yeah. They, they couldn't believe it made it up there. I I think that the way the truck looked and its general performance was quite good. Tin cup. Tin cup, that's it, yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah. Okay, um, but I think that we proved that these types of modifications makes for an extremely inefficient truck. Yes. Um, it really did affect towing. Oh, yes. Uh, although we did put it on the Ike several times. Yes, we did. Even after these months. Yes, we did. So, and that engine proved to be great. The but, engine's really but, good. But efficiency, yeah. But, and, and it also mm. proved an important point to us. Yes. So that is that when we go and do major modifications to a truck, a brand new one especially, then a lot of the detail, uh, the ta the, a lot of the information that we're getting from the Ike gauntlets and our uh, road trips and everything else are not as consequential to you guys as they would be if we were doing it with an unmolested truck, one that has no modifications on it. So that's one of the catches there. We want to build these trucks so we can build an off-roader or build something that's better for something. But at the minute we do that, then a lot of the information that we've collected on it is no longer relevant. So that can be an issue as well. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, because we like to do drag racing, mm -hmm. towing, like you said, do a uh, lot MPG of comparisons. Yep. Um, and as soon as you lift a truck, it's no longer stock. Yeah. So a lot of that data kind of goes out the window. Exactly. And a lot of the stuff that you guys are waiting for, many of you watch TFL Truck to watch the Ike Gauntlet and other things. So you can look at those numbers and gauge whether or not you want to buy a truck or if you bought a truck, whether or not you did something right, you know, all these things. So that is one of the issues that we learned, I think we learned about this particular truck. So, and now the 2023 Super Duties are out. Mm -hmm. They're calling them all new, and I've dug into it. And yes, it, you did. And it appears to be all new, except maybe the frame mm -hmm. has mostly been unchanged. Um, and I would say, because we get this question a lot, which uh, heavy-duty truck should I buy, diesel or gas? Mm -hmm. And I would say gas is a lot more a viable option now since the 7.3 is out. Now they have a 6.8, yes. which is kind of related to this um, engine. So they have more options, more affordable options in their. It is a lot truck. cheaper to buy and run a gas, you know, heavy duty truck. Yeah. It's really when it gets to capacity and longevity that you start thinking about diesel. Yeah, and I, I think long distance towing too. The, yeah. The, so if you're buying a heavy duty truck because you need to go long distances or towing most days of the week, I think diesel makes a lot e of sense. Exactly. Because you're working a diesel. The diesel engine likes to be warm. Mm -hmm. It likes to be uh, working, and it's, that's, that's how it gets more efficient. Yes. 
if you don't do those things, if you're using it to commute to work, and maybe or, you know on a weekend yeah. tow vehicle or whatever, then maybe a gas one would make more sense, and it certainly will be a lot less expensive. Yeah, you could save ten grand at least Which over is, that diesel. But th that, once again, that's some of the lessons we learned from our Super Duty Raptor, whatever you want to call it thing. <laughs> uh, but but from this particular truck, it really did teach us a lot of lessons. Yeah. So um, and um, and then we sold it, and actually we had a report on this podcast show. So if you look back. I interviewed the next owner of this truck, mm -hmm. and he continued to, you know, go off-roading and overlanding, and he put a different camping solution on on top of this truck. Right. So this truck had another life. Yes. And still has a life. Same with the Jeep, though. The Jeep. Uh, oh yes. Yeah, that Gladiator had another life with I a think nice it went young to couple. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. I think so, and they were a very nice uh, young couple who went and bought that. Uh, it was really cool. It's really great where, you know, some a lot of these trucks we sell and we learn what they're doing after mm -hmm. the fact. So, well, uh, I think we need to switch gears to the next one on our list, which is the 2021 Ram TRX. I think that many of you will agree this was one of the most popular vehicles we had. Um, yes. And we also had it for about a year and a half, which is longer than most. Usually we average about a year, say nine months to a year, I think. Mm -hmm. And this one was a lot longer for a lot of reasons. Yeah, because uh, you guys kept wanting videos. That was uh, one with of this truck. Yeah, because as soon as you guys stop watching videos of a truck, we tend to sell it, right? Right. And once it's just no longer favorable, once you guys are no longer really you know interested, we could tell by the numbers, you know, whether or not you guys are actually interested in watching videos with it. Then you know we'll eventually go. Yeah, okay. Well, it's time to move it on, and we tend to roll that uh, profit, if there is even a profit, into another truck to replace it, which is why we do what we do. But this this truck was really special from day one. Um, for one thing, Roman went out New Year's on, Day on December thirty first. No, sir, December thirty yeah. first. Yes, to be the first to pick one up, and we were. Uh, despite whatever you see on the internet, we were the first. He went because he talked to the factory manager. He yeah. talked to the dealership that was right next to the factory. Right, and uh, he put out a video that afternoon. Yep, from uh, Michigan. Actually, so, went out there and physically grabbed it and drove it home, which was super impressive. So, of of course, that that was really important to us once again to be first, mm -hmm. and of course, also thanks to Ram. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we do here wouldn't be possible, first of all, for, because of you guys listening and view and mm -hmm. watching. But also, the manufacturers sometimes help us out, not with the purchase price, no. but they help us with understanding wh when the trucks are coming and how to get the first trucks. Who to talk to, where to talk to them, perhaps where to find the... You know, there's a variety of different things they help with logistics and whatnot. So it is helpful. And that gives us the opportunity to get these vehicles so we can pre present them to you guys as soon as possible. And it's not... Keep in mind, no vehicle can be delivered from the factory directly no. other than some electric uh, manufacturers and also maybe Corvettes. Mm. You know the Corvette has the factory delivery program yes, yes. in Kentucky. Uh, but that's why he flew to Michigan because that dealership was right next door to the factory. Right. He was basically. able to go right over there and get it. He actually talked to some of the factory guys and some of the Ram guys too. So, yeah, that was that whole thing was a success. Actually, in many ways, this is an extremely successful truck for us as well. Why? Because not only did we manage to get this thing early and it proved to be an absolute beast, but because we did a whole series of drag races with it where we brought in any vehicle that anybody else had, car or truck, to race against it, and it kept spanking 
everybody for Pretty a much. long time. Pretty much. Yeah. It's it, all-wheel drive. It's got 702 horsepower. It's big and mean. It, it just it hooks up and it goes. And it was it was a hugely popular vehicle for us on, on more than one channel. So, yeah, the, the, the TRX, wonderful vehicle. Still one of my favorites. It's not because I'm just a Ram fanboy, because I really do like our new Raptor R, and I think I'm beginning to like it even more than this. But... Boy, did that thing have personality. It was just an angry truck and just just seethed and it wanted just to do bad things to, you know, gas stations nearby. Yeah, totally. And we weren't easy on it. No. Uh, you mentioned drag racing. Oh, yeah. Lots of, I mean, at least a dozen or maybe two dozen drag but races. But we also off-roaded with it, like really off-roaded with it, and we towed with it. Yes, and we also did launches. Um, yeah, uh, this was like... I guess my idea uh, with trailers. So, so we we do a series of videos or zero to sixties, right? Yep. Which is different from drag racing because oh, yeah. we want to know how these trucks perform zero to sixty, especially performance trucks like this. But then also we hook up a trailer to it. Mm -hmm. And this uh, image, if you're watching, uh, TRX is hooked up to uh, this Black Series tandem axle, very large slab sided um, camping trailer. Right. And. Uh, I, that truck launched so hard with that trailer. It was like a nine-second run yeah. to we, 60. We, and that which trailer, I was shocked. aside from being a heavy trailer, there's a lot of drag, aerodynamic drag, wheel drag, and all that from this thing. It's just not built to move quickly. So the, the TRX is just like, no, I'm taking you with me now. And it just tore it through the universe. It was and, amazing. And I was afraid, you know, the transmission would explode or the engine would overheat. No. None of that happened. No. We had no problems with that truck. No. And we did oil analysis. We did oil changes, maintenance. Um, so really, I mean, this truck is more valuable now. I mean, remember when it started at $72,000? Yeah, and we bought ours at seventy seven. dollars Yes, think. with a couple of options. Mm -hmm. uh, once and again, back then, that was like, oh my God, that is so much money. Well, that was the most expensive truck we ever purchased. At the time. At the time. Yeah. And boy, have we increased that lately. But Add 20 grand But now, now they start at eighty five, dollars and most of them are at ninety five. So the prices of the TRXs is really just gone really through gone the through the roof. But they're still wonderful trucks and just such, such a fun, ridiculous, unnecessary vehicle that is still just a, a hoot to drive. Yes. And uh, following up on this, um, we were fortunate enough to basically own every generation of the Raptor. Yes. So we mentioned 2014. Um, I also wanted to briefly mention our 2020 F-150 Raptor that we picked up basically during COVID. Yep. Um, and this, uh, this truck had the latest suspension, you know, the Fox uh, Life shocks. Uh, not the latest iteration of those shocks, but the previous one. Yeah. And once again, so here's the thing about these performance trucks. Yes, they're expensive. Yes, they're, you know, really fun and high performance. But I think they're also built really solidly. Yeah, and this was I think they're overbuilt. And that's the point, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the first-gen Raptor. Remember, we put 55,000 miles on the first-gen Raptor. And we towed with it cross-country twice. Yes. Um, and we had, like, minor warranty concerns. Like, I think the motor on the steering column adjuster went oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And also the, um, the wiring for the trailer had a problem once. Mm -hmm. But still, these trucks are super reliable. For the most part, they are just a really solid build. And they tend to, you know, you, you look at a factory line and you're going to see an F-150 next to a Raptor more often than not, sure. 
But in many cases, a lot of the components that are built for the Raptor, especially like the suspension, are ten, they're overbuilt for serious abuse. So if you're someone who's not going to abuse it all the time, that should last for a very long time. And we're not really talking about launching trucks through the air over sand dunes because uh, those are special use cases that probably should be left to fully caged, you know, very properly pro equipped trucks, yeah. uh, racing vehicles, yeah. right? Uh, because I've, you're probably mentioning, oh, remember when somebody launched the Raptor and bent it in half? Or, or a TRX, or TRX and, and airbags went off or something. We're not talking about those things. We're not that stupid. Because these are valuable assets. You <laughs> yes. know, we can't just launch them into a, off a cliff. Yeah, and, and if you want to watch destruction porn, there's a plenty of it on the internet out there. Go ahead. But in our case, we like to drive the truck as it's intended. And yeah, we might go a little bit crazy and maybe get a little bit of air from time to time, which we've done on, on, on some of these trucks. But we're not going to go to that level and, and create an undrivable vehicle because of one stupid stunt. And by the way, the TRX we left alone, no mods. No zero. mods, no. Uh, this Raptor 2020 F-150 Raptor, no mods. Yeah. Um, we put a topper on, the, on this Raptor. It was a soft topper. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, that, that remember? got mixed reviews. Yeah, yeah. Some of you guys hated it. A lot of you hated it because you guys felt like it didn't match the character of the truck. Mm -hmm. I... I kind of liked it because it had a military feeling to it, you know, kind of a military, kind of a mean look. Mm. But uh, everybody has their own opinion, right? They do. Uh, just half of you are wrong, that's all. <laughs> I, I didn't say which half. <laughs> this was the EcoBoost, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. This Raptor was a three and a half high output, uh, three and a half liter uh, V6. It was actually, and it, just, it drove great. It was, And it had a much lighter character to it when it was off-roading compared to the TRX. The TRX really felt like it was just kind of slamming its fist into the ground out of anger, whereas uh, the, the Raptor, at least this one, really felt like it was a much more delicate vehicle off-road in, in terms of its capability. So it was much more precise in terms of aiming it and making it do things, and it was much more of a rally car, all of which are compliments. It was a great truck. And even to this day, if you wanted to, for example, purchase uh, one of these trucks, drive them for a couple of years and sell them, they keep their value really, really they do well, indeed. even to this day. Mm -hmm. Even the first-gen Raptors, specifically yeah. V8, of course, they had the V8s. Yeah, uh, the, especially these, the bigger displacement one. Yeah, yeah. the 6.2. Mm -hmm. um, and these Raptors, the second-gens, are also holding their value um, yeah. to some extent. So they're, I wouldn't say they're investments, but they're not losers of value. For as long as you don't add too much crap to them, the minute you start going crazy with the aftermarket components, Lifts, big tires, you can actually lose value on that truck for you know trade or trading or moving on. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Speaking of that, yeah. So I wanted to bring this one in because it wasn't purchased by TFL, but it was a long-term vehicle that we had. Ah, yes. Um, I do. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. But um, I think that bringing this one up. It was technically purchased by TFL <laughs> for a dollar. So we had a special agreement with Hyundai. And well, it has to do with insurance, right? Yes, yeah, so that's and, correct. And, um, so instead of them giving us a long-term vehicle under their name with their insurance and everything else, they sell it to us temporarily. We keep the vehicle. We put it under our insurance. It's our vehicle. We kept this one for over a year. Yeah. Um, and we... I think it was a great idea to do. Yes, of course, we wanted to do it with the Ford Maverick as well. We didn't have the opportunity, though, but we did have the opportunity with this. And it was enough of a case, for me at least, 
to, to have this thing around to go, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll buy one of these. Just a and, slightly different model. And you did. Um, we're talking about the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. This is the 2022 model, so the original one. Yes. Uh, we were um, one of the, not the first. Uh, but we were it pretty was, early. It was, it was difficult to be the first with this one. Yes. Uh, because, first of all, this one and also the Maverick were just super hot. Right out of the, the box, yeah. man. They were selling. And it's funny. Some of you people out there are like, yeah, Hyundai's not selling any of these things. You know, eh, they're selling Wrong. every single one they're making. Yes. They just have a much, much lower uh, production uh, schedule than the Maverick. The Maverick is, you know, three times the amount. But Hyundai is, these are very popular, and they're selling them left and right. And they're updating them. Mm -hmm. I just recently saw a story that they're adding the um, XRT version of it, which That's is correct. a little bit more beefy. Yep. Um, so they're expanding it. They're not shrinking this down. No. So. And we are expecting at some point in time that Hyundai will announce uh, new or additional powertrains. I don't think it's going to be more than a year before that, but I've been wrong before. Yeah, so they currently have the regular 2.5 liter and also a turbocharged 2.5 liter mm -hmm. so they don't have um the hybrids you yes. i think you're referring to the hybrid variants. hybrid and the plug-in hybrids yeah. which uh they do not have yet but they do have the powertrains in existence in their other vehicles and so logic dictates that eventually those powertrains will work their way over to this and also by the way we have returned this truck already yeah uh, to, a couple months ago hyundai uh we really used it as a runabout it's not very big truck right nope. we didn't have a hitch on it. That, so we, that's the only part that really irritated yeah, I, me. Yeah, I really was kind of upset about that. Uh, but we, we didn't want to make a lot of modifications. Once again, it was a temporary long-term loan. Mm -hmm. um, but dude, we put a lot of miles on this. We did, and it had one issue that was a returning issue, but was finally taken care of. Yeah, you're talking about transmission tuning, aren't Bingo. you? Bingo. Yeah. yeah, now fortunately, all of this could be fixed through software. And it took a little bit of time. The dual-clutch transmission in these vehicles, and I know you guys have talked about it before, they are a little troublesome. But uh, after two tries, finally, after the third try, Hyundai was able to do a proper patch that made the vehicle run quite well. And this is the turbocharged version. Right. Uh, you did not get the turbocharged version. Specifically because and of And how's that. your transmission behaving? It's been perfect. It, so, so it, it doesn't it. shift the best. There's every once in a while, like well, th a, a second to third, Sometimes it does a weird thing where it'll kind of uh, rev kind of high, and, and so it feels like it's not shifting quite right, but it's only every once in a while. But in terms of its overall character and driving character, less horsepower by almost 100 horsepower, um, but it gets decent mileage. I'm averaging between 25 and 26, and it, gets, uh, it does its job with that transmission just fine, and it's fantastic in snow. And I think that's where the, in my opinion, the meat of this segment is. Mm -hmm. It's not in the turbocharged powertrains. Like the Maverick also has a turbocharged version. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's more in the affordable sector, basic engines, basic transmissions. Because you want a small truck, to, in my mind, to be affordable. I know yes. the Santa Cruz is a little bit more luxurious. It, it can is, be. And, and it's a little bit more car-like than the, 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 the Maverick is a little bit more truck-like. That, yeah. and, and the Maverick is a great vehicle, and I really came close to buying one. But I, if they had an all-wheel drive version of the hybrid, I would have been on it And they still right don't. Now. And they still don't. Not yet. Um, so, so that's where it's at. Uh, the, the one we had, we had you know, the transmission issue. Mm -hmm that was resolved. But other than that, it was a great runabout. I took it on vacation to the mountains mm -hmm. once and put, put my entire family and our skiing equipment all in the same truck. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. So 
Uh, let's move on. Yes. Uh, I wanted to bring up with this point, um, just really briefly, that we've also purchased several used vehicles over the last three years. Quite a few. Yes. Uh, and many of them were pickups. Mm-hmm. We're not going to discuss all of them. Well, there's <laughs> a lot to discuss if yeah. we did. Um, there would be about a half dozen that I can think of right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and, for example, 1994 Mazda B4000 mm-hmm. was part of our um, cheap truck series. Uh, the, um, the Ram that we had, the Dodge Ram. Yep, with uh, uh, Sport V8. Yeah, the, the Chevy Silverado. K1500. Right. And uh, even the F-150, the stinky one. The stinky remember? F-150. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just, just, just those alone. But uh, we, we did those for various uh, shoots that were specific to the shoot, whereas in these other vehicles are long-term ones that we keep for a variety of different shoots, and they're studio trucks. So... They'll go along as support vehicles, or they'll help carry stuff, or they'll go to the ranch. These other ones that we're referring to, we bought specifically for series, which was a No Payment near, uh, Needed series, mm-hmm. uh, to Hell and Back, um, and then the other one was... For a few bucks less. For a few bucks less, yep. which is still one of my favorites. That was a great video series we put together with that. And it's so, pretty popular, too. Yeah, and we'll be doing more of that, of course, because... In the very ma- near future. <laughs> many of you have said... Well, we can't think about 70,000-plus trucks. We can't even think about $7,000-plus. We get it. Uh, Yeah. So that's why we're doing some of these more affordable series. We will continue to. We also had two long-term Nissan pickups, but But, longer than three years ago. Yes, yes. Going a little bit further back, we had – so before the Nissan Frontier uh, got rid of their uh, King Cab rear-drive four-cylinder. A little four-cylinder, right. We had one. So it was manual, tra- basic model, as, as basic as it can get. I think maybe it had one option like air It was the most affordable one I think you could even buy. Yeah. But this is going now five years back, isn't it? Yeah. But I, just, I didn't want to mention it because you might be saying, well, where's Nissan? Why aren't you talking about Nissan? Well, right. we are talking we about We are it. talking about Nissan. And then, and that, and that we did several, we, did, we had that for a year, and we drove the hell out of that poor little thing. And then, uh, not too far after or before, around that time, but not at the same time, we also had the um, second-generation Nissan Titan. And it was a yellow one that had uh, the seven-speed automatic transmission in it. And we drove the hell out of that one as well. You used it on some vacation stuff. Yeah, I towed my boat from Denver to New Mexico and back. Right. And I used it um, when we went on that camping trip with uh, a bunch of our families and all that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I towed with it. And we drove it, and it was it was an excellent truck. It had a couple issues. Uh, I really think that that seven-speed, I'm glad they got rid of it. But uh, it was a really good truck. It was a solid truck. And it surprised us more often than not at the drag strip and off-road. Yeah, and both you and I love still to this day the sound of that V8 in Nissan. 5.6 liter V8 that Nissan builds is fantastic. But the transmission was hunting gears. That was it wasn't of... like it was undrivable. I mean, it wasn't like we had maintenance problems with it. No. But it was just hunting gears, and, and it wasn't very efficient. No, it also. wasn't efficient. And that was really what it broke down to because then you had other vehicles that had larger displacement powertrains with more power that were getting better mileage. And for us, we're like, oh, God, you know, this, they've got to find a way to fix this. Um, they, they were so close to making it right, right off the bat. It's just a shame that they didn't quite manage. But let's move on because uh, you, you, we mentioned Nissan. we got to mention Toyota, of course. Yeah, and, and we have owned one. We have owned one. Um, well, multiple. I mean, we had a Tacoma as well. We did have a Tacoma. But that was a 2002 model, Baby Yoda. Yeah, and Baby Yoda was a very different type of little creature there. 
Baby Yoda was essentially a project truck that we built to sell off for charity, and we made it into a theme off-road truck. It looked fantastic, had no power, and it was a great truck. But then we also had a um, the brand new uh, 2022 Toyota Tundra, and we knew we needed to get this truck. And by we, I mean Andre. Who? Well, I. What you jumped well, through Roman, some serious. You dude, you jumped through yeah. some serious hoops to get that truck. Yeah, Roman flew to Michigan to get the TRX. I flew to Texas to get the Tundra. Yeah, so, and how how long did it take you to drive back from Houston all the way back to uh, Boulder? Well, I, I think I slept in the hotel for like four hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I drove, drove, drove. You just drove like a maniac by also, yourself. Well, yeah, it was also during like late December. Mm-hmm. I don't know why all these trucks come out in December, but they do. <laughs> um, and like my wife's uh, work holiday party was like that night where I had to be there. So I drove d- directly <laughs> from, from Houston directly to my wife's party. That's... It, if you guys think that for even a minute that any of our wives at TFL oh. um, will put up with our uh, idiocy for a minute when it comes to our private lives, answer is absolutely not. So <laughs> Andra, Andre had to be there for that event. There are events that I've had to be there for. There are events Romans had to be there for. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're fortunate to have wonderful spouses. We have spouses. wonderful spouses, yes. but we don't want to piss them off. Yes. So let's let's continue. Not anymore. <laughs> so we were not the first, but probably one of the first. We were early time. on, yeah, um, and probably publicly first mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, but we had to have this right. They switched from the traditional V8 Tundra to this twin turbocharged. It's an all new Tundra. Uh, all new vehicle, new frame, everything new. Yeah. Um, and we wanted, you know, as a Frodi model as possible. Um, so we chose a TRD off-road model. Of course, we couldn't wait for the Pro. The, the Pro came the, later. Months later. Yeah. Um, this was December. The Pro came in like March or April. Yeah, right? exactly. It was, it was Exa- months. And even then, we probably couldn't get one until probably a month after that. Yeah, and it was more expensive. So why, you know, do this? So right. we, we chose a little bit more basic truck, uh, but it still had the twin turbocharger V6, of course, and a few more options and the new interior, right? That was a big deal. Now, I got to be honest with you, um, I was a little underwhelmed with a lot of this truck. I loved the previous Tundra. I loved it. Uh, but this one, there were a couple things that, that rubbed me the wrong way. I wasn't into its aesthetics, but that's, that's you know, a personal thing. But um, it wasn't, um, its internals didn't really give me the fizz that I was expecting to get. However, on the other side of it, that twin turbocharged V6 behaves a lot like a diesel, which is a good thing in terms of towing. The behavior of that powertrain is fantastic. And it's also one of the quietest interiors we've experienced. Extremely quiet. Um, So very refined interior. I'm kind of with you that I think the problem for me when this first uh, 2022 new Tundra came out, my expectations were built up over the years Mm -hmm. super, super high because we were kind of waiting for this. The older Tundra was like long in the tooth. Way long in the tooth. And... My mind was, you know, how it goes sometimes. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I wanted removable bedsides. I wanted, I don't know, a Lego truck, like a Lego brick, you know. Something super, super utilitarian that would just absolutely outdo everybody else. To- Toyota's so good at trucks, and they have such a history with trucks, that we were expecting all the innovation that they put into the Tacoma in the past to go into the Tundra, and then some. 
and it didn't quite pan out that way. But the, not to downplay what they did. I mean, they did a True. lot. Exactly, they which is my point of saying that powertrain is remarkable. Yes. It's excellent. Uh, and the 10-speed automatic that they put behind it. And then which course, is in-house. It's not, it's not something that they doled out. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the hybrid that came later was also super, super smooth. Mm-hmm. I have a bone to pick with the Tundra hybrid. Mm-hmm. When you say Toyota hybrid, usually you have um, images of efficiency of in course. your mind. That's not the case with the Tundra. No, it's for power. <laughs> yes, it's for power and maximum towing. And it has like 583 pound-feet of torque it's not uh, bad. in their hybrid. So, and I think also they should put out two hybrids. That's mm-hmm. my recommendation. Uh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. So you would have a power hybrid, which they call iForce Max, right? That's their powerful version of electrification in, uh, in their pickup. But they should create another one for efficiency, I would say. iForce Minimax. iForce Eco. Okay, there you go. Eco. Why not? Everybody else does it. Uh, That's not a bad idea, actually. Because a lot of people value efficiency. And... And if you know if you really wanted a super torquey, high towing vehicle, you might step up to a heavy duty truck. Right. Right. Well, here's the crazy part: General Motors builds what we know as an outstanding straight six diesel. Yes. It's more efficient than this. And yes, it, by and far. It, and it still tows on par with it. Yes. Maybe but not. Uh, well, yeah. With uh, cer- with certain options of exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. So, but my point is, is that if you're building a hybrid. Can't you get to that point to where you're competitive with the diesel? But also, there F-150 hybrid exists. Yes. And I owned one. Yes, you did. And we're not going to discuss what I owned, but the F-150 hybrid is more efficient than the Tundra hybrid. Exactly. So I, I, I think those are the points where the Tundra kind of fell short on. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, they're continuing to improve it. And when you look at the brand new, all new Tacoma that's coming later this year. That thing really is just freaking me out. It seemed like Toyota maybe listened to a lot of us. Uh-huh. And they're throwing the kitchen sink, or at least part of the kitchen sink. They, be, they better. I mean, they, they at, are at the, the biggest Tacoma. in the segment with that, with that truck. But uh, there's still room for improvement with the uh, Tundra. I'm not saying it's a bad truck. It, there are no bad pickup trucks right now, uh, full size especially. But at the same time, I really do, I do agree with you, Andre. I think that they should have made a more efficient version of it as well as an option. Um, so moving on. We had what is one of my favorite. Now, is this the ZR2 you're bringing yep, up? Yep, yep, I am. Okay. So, this is the Chevy Silverado ZR2 with Andre doing an awesome pose for those of you who are not able to see it okay. next to the truck. You, we love these poses. We have to do these in order for you guys to click on the videos, otherwise, we wouldn't do them. It's called YouTube Face. YouTube Face, which I can't stand. But yeah. um, anyway, so this is right after it came out the Chevy Silverado ZR2, the most capable. Chevrolet off-road pickup truck in its class. Yes, and it had a big promise, right? Oh, yeah. Because I think all of us, and you probably will agree, we wanted a Raptor fighter Mm -hmm. from General Motors. Absolutely. We know they're capable of this. Yes. Um, To some extent, their Hummer EV that we'll talk about next um, is a Raptor fighter in a way Mm -hmm. because it does have a fancy suspension. But anyway, there's the ZR2 version of the Silverado 1500 that we purchased, and we were one of the first ones to do it also, um, had that big promise. It wasn't super delivered on uh, because it doesn't have the wide-body suspension. It doesn't have, you know, the big, hugest tires you can put put on it. Most importantly, it doesn't have the the, the crazy, powerful engine. Or the supercharger. Right. It doesn't have those things. Or turbocharger, for that matter. No. Nothing like that. Uh, It's a naturally aspirated 6.2-liter V8. 
but I think you know both both you and I really enjoyed this truck. There was one thing that was missing hmm. when I went to the event. You know they have launch events, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. First drives. Uh, they had a um, optional uh, performance exhaust system behind this truck, right? On the ZR2, and when you fire it up, it kind of sounded like the TRX waking up. Yeah, you know, a little angry. Drop, it, it would bark. Yeah, when it wakes up. What do you want? And and, yeah. and the stock system on the ZR2 didn't do that. I agree. Um, and I think that was a, where it fell short. Well, considering how much extra you're paying for the truck, I agree. You're buying a special truck, and at the very least, at least put on a you know a, a standard kind of beefy sounding exhaust. I know some of you guys are like, well, I don't want to hear the exhaust. Okay, fine. You know, they, well, don't buy a ZR2. Don't buy a ZR2. Or maybe there's something else you can buy in terms of a powertrain that will make you happier. But in this case, the problem I think that General Motors came up with is this is a very expensive pickup truck, and it is up there pretty close to some of the pricing for the um, regular Raptor. Yeah, right. it was getting close. into the mid seventy thousand dollar range. Right, and suddenly you're thinking, well, wait a minute, the Raptor is faster, much better on loose dirt, and it is. It's a dunes truck, really. But this is something that you want to buy if you're going to go over a variety of different terrain. Dual lockers, my friend. Front and rear lockers yeah. and really good suspension. Some of the best. I still think that the DSSV. Uh, spool valve suspension system that they developed is absolutely fantastic. You don't have to play with any buttons or any presets or anything like that. It does it all on its own. Very capable. However, at the end of the day, it is a bit of a pissing contest. And everybody else is like, well, my TRX puts out over 700 horsepower. Well, so does my Raptor R. What about that ZR2? Uh, it's just not 420. 420. Yeah, sorry. Or they could have at least given it like 450 horsepower. Some Something boost. to give you a little extra, yeah. you know, meat in there. You know, change the, the way the algorithm goes in terms of acceleration. I don't know. Do something to give that vehicle a little bit of an edge power-wise. But I agree with you. The suspension is super special. That's fantastic. So the spool valve, DSSV, Multimatics, um, they're not, I would say, the... Cadillac-y off-road suspension no. that you might be used to in some other vehicles. Yeah, they're not super squish. It, it, it has precision. Yes. And that's what a lot of people like. Mm -hmm. Precision where you can feel connected to the dirt or pavement. Or any, any surface. Yeah. Any surface. And then, um, you know, our marketing director, Grant, mm -hmm. uh, him and I went out in, one, in the ZR2 at the range, Tumbleweed yeah. range. And I was like, he asked me, well, Andre, what is the special about ZR2? Why should I consider it as I, if, if I'm a buyer? And I'm like, Grant, you see that little washout? You know that little creek that runs mm -hmm. in the middle of our field? Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to accelerate through it. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I am. So I went over that kind of washed out area at speed, like 30, 35 miles an hour. And not, it wasn't the big event. Yep. If you do that in any other vehicle, you would really feel that. It would really punch you. Um, and um, that's why you buy a Zero Two because those shocks are resilient. They take a hit and it keeps going. And yeah, front and rear lockers, which so is so you huge. can crawl over most things. Yeah, it really it it can go over obstacles that a Z that actually the Raptor and the uh, TRX couldn't because and it's also not, it's narrower. That's my point. Yes, exactly. So it it's no it's not there's no penalty for having all that extra beef, but at the same time. A lot of us question whether or not General Motors should have added a more robust powertrain to it. And yes. that's kind of what it so, all falls down to. So there you have it. And I see a lot of ZR2s, actually. So I think it's a very successful vehicle. I'm sure it is. And I, uh, they were smart to do that. So let's move on, because now we're switching gears completely. Yes.
or gear, a single gear. Ah. So we're talking about we're, my my my, uh, my albatross. So we're making a foray into electricity. Speaking of General Motors. So, uh, well, uh, our first. <laughs> Are we going to Ford first? No, Ford. Yes. Okay. So for, um, this is the truck we bought first. This was our first all-electric uh, F-150 truck. Lightning. Yeah, it was our first electric pickup truck. Yeah. And for the record, I'm going to go directly on and say Ford did a remarkable job building this truck in a record amount of time and getting it out there to the people. I, I'm not happy with what Ford's done with price hiking. I know it has to do with supply and demand and other things, but in terms of what they did in such a short amount of time with this truck, and it's an excellent package, yeah, it, it needs improvement here and there. I certainly think it should be you know, charged faster, among other things. But they still managed to build a functional, daily driving, all-electric pickup truck with standard all-wheel drive, four-wheel independent suspension, and range for over 200 miles, depending on which one you can get nearly uh, so 300 miles up to. Well, we've actually tested several like yeah. this, you and I. Um, but we owned a, a little bit more fancier one because, mm -hmm. once again, we wanted to be first. Yes. It was super important to us. So um, it was a Lariat long range, mm -hmm. right? So long range versions of the Lightning has up to, what, 320 miles we never saw over 300 miles though especially yeah, once we yeah, put yeah. larger tires on there no we totally blew that uh but also um we took it to alaska as a team and this was an insanely huge endeavor yeah it's no um, called northern lightning you can go to altfl.com um, and find it and it was a series we put together where the guys made sure that this vehicle went from colorado all the way up to prudhoe bay in alaska the northernmost point in north america and the truck did it, and it did it in some very difficult and challenging environments. Uh, mainly the charging environments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's, it's difficult to charge the truck in the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, Alaska, the entire state of Alaska is pretty rural, and it's just not really set up for an electric uh, grid for uh, charging trucks and cars. Yep. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things I want to say. You mentioned how quickly Ford brought this to market. Yeah. I think it's important. Yes. Because there was a race, right? Uh, first, the Rivian was announced years back, mm -hmm. right? And they said, we're coming with a pickup truck, yeah, which yeah. is going to be electric. Cybertruck. And then Elon Musk stood up there on the stage and introduced us to the Cybertruck. That's still not on sale. Still not there. Um, and he showed, Elon showed, a Cybertruck doing a tug of war with an F-150 and dragging it across the screen. Which and many I, of you guys were not pleased about. And I think he poked a bear. And the, by the bear, I mean the F-Series, you know, Ford. The best-selling <laughs> best vehicle in, in the country. the country. So what did Ford do? Well, they came out with a truck that's on sale. Uh, in no time flat. Uh, within two years, they yeah. had one. And... Yes, it's not perfect, but it's also a great first electric truck, it I think. It absolutely is a home run for a first, event, uh, for a first um, attempt. Yes. Uh, it's, an, it's an F-150. Everything about it is F-150 on the inside, so you can just hop in it and drive just like a regular F-150. Uh, it handles quite well. Daily it's driving. Quiet. It's extremely quiet. It's fast. Yeah. And I know someone who owns one who, who got the, the one step above the base model. What is that? The... 
XLT. It, it would be the XLT. That's right. Because the Pro, there is a base Pro. He, and he wasn't able to get that because yeah. the base Pro, you have to be able to be in a fleet. Uh, anyway, and he still has it. He's got like a, a 75,000 miles on it now. Yeah. After, yeah, and he just drives the hell out of it and loves it to death. But he acknowledges that the biggest, he finds the biggest shortcoming is its slow charging rate. Yeah, that's, that's not ideal, as we found out. Yes. Uh, we did have a four-wheel camper project. M, topper, a camping topper on top of our Lightning. We had beefier all-terrain tires, um, the trail terrain tires from BFG. Which performed brilliantly. Um, even in Alaska and everywhere yeah. else. Which normally you'd have a, at least a little puncture. Um, so I want to bring up a qu- uh, comment from David Johnson. Yes. So David Johnson on Patreon um, uh, wrote a, this comment. <clears throat> He says, concerning your EV posts and videos, I've heard it said on TFL that we're in the Model T stage of EVs. Mm. I would say, because this is a big moment in yeah, the industry. it is. Uh, he says, I'd say we're actually in the period before the Model T when automobiles were pretty much limited to the well-off people. What we really need is a Model T of EVs, which would be practical but not fancy. Of course, we also need infrastructure for EVs that... Uh, but that was a problem in early automobiles as well. Yep. When gas stations were not on every corner in 1910. He, 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 he is correct. valid pro- points. Did you know that um, one of the largest charging networks in the country for a one, just a one station to charge up vehicles existed about 100 years ago in Los Angeles? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. No, no. It was massive. It was this huge, huge uh, station that could well, hold up to 100 vehicles that were charged. Uh, and I think vehicle. Manhattan was also on the forefront. I think LA was bigger, uh, but I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying about size, but yeah. about electricity yep. and also having vehicles being electric. Yeah. So <clears throat> to answer this, first of all, I, I wouldn't agree. It's difficult to, to – it's kind of apples and oranges. Um, for one thing, there are some affordable electric vehicles out there. When I mean it's quasi-affordable, right? Well, the so, Bolt, the Chevy Bolt. Chevy, we've proven that the Chevy Bolt is an affordable vehicle. It is the price of a mid-level uh, hatchback, even though it's going away, which is a real shame. But there's still the Nissan Leaf, and there's still the Hyundai Kona and some other ones out there. So you can get vehicles that are somewhat affordable, I'm going to say. However, the charging network, you're absolutely right about. Um, they're, they're, we are primitive stages of charging networks. However, with what's recently happened with Tesla and all of these, and it's it, it, it's like raindrops are going to just hit more and more and more and more. More companies are going to be adopting uh, Tesla's charging architecture, and you're going to see that happening, I think, throughout the entire industry in the United States in a very short amount of time. That will help everybody expand the networks because you'll still see CCS out there. It'll still expand uh, Electrify America, all these other ones are still going to expand. There's lots of extra money that recently has gone into them. And yes, we will soon have more and more stations. So that will happen. The less expensive electric car, the biggest problem right now is that it's a, it's a question of the components that are needed to build these vehicles are not cheap. And in order for them to be cheap, you basically have to be living in China. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Because you can get pretty capable inexpensive electric vehicles out there for a lot less money, you know, if you were comparing. Well, it has to do with a lot of things, too. And not some of it is where the minerals are mined. Right. And, of course, there's a lot of regulations in the United States. Government mandates and all that, too, that Um, have to be And also um, safety requirements. Yep. 
right? So a lot of vehicles in some other countries don't require the amount of safety that we require. Although um, you'd be surprised how many are pretty damn safe, even considered by because uh, uh, Eurocap and some of the other ones mm-hmm. out there are actually. Uh, other you know, Chinese and Indian cars even are passing in some cases with flying colors some of those things so they could in theory be sold here however once again it, it's it's a very expensive endeavor to build an electric vehicle that's efficient so it's yes very expensive to buy one and so it is the domain of the rich to have a nice one however they do exist there are inexpensive ones out there and I think as time goes on Within the next few years, we'll see more affordable ones hitting the market that'll give you a little bit more range for the money, perhaps slightly faster charging for the money. And um, also, the used market is still there. Mm-hmm. I oh, mean, yeah, it is. We, we, we know this for electric vehicles. Used Hell market, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are still kind of, you know, cautious about used electric cars, but it could be a big, you know, advantage for those of us who want to try new things, right? A couple of years, almost three years ago now, I bought a Nissan Leaf. And I bought it for around nine grand, gave it to my kid, and she drove it for a few years, uh, had no issues with it, so no maintenance cost or anything else, charged it at home. And this is one of the things people have to keep in mind. If you at least have the infrastructure at home and live in a place where you can plug in the vehicle, then you can use your house or your townhouse or whatever as your charging or gas station, right? You can fuel it up there. And that's a different type of mindset, and that works. So... For some people, that works out really well, but not for everybody. And then the second part is with this really inexpensive car that I had, owned it for a while, and uh, before three years was up, I sold it off, and I only lost about 1500 bucks on it, and I spent almost no money on maintenance. So that's something to keep in mind over the short term. Yeah, the range wasn't great, but hell, it was a great just everyday driver for a kid. Yeah, and so getting back to the Lightning, we had zero problems. Yeah. Because I was a little bit nervous. We had one of the first lightnings. Because it was right. It was like fresh out of the box. Yeah. We fl- Roman and I flew to Michigan once again. So yeah. this is how important this, this was uh, to us. Um, and you know how first vehicles have glitches? Mm-hmm. You know, this and that. Especially software. something so uh, advanced. Uh, yeah. Uh, zero. No problems. No problems. It was quite remarkable. And uh, we put 13,000 miles approximately on it in four months. And part, a lot of it was driving to Alaska. Right. Back. So that was huge. So now let's get, get, get to another one. As you're so, doing that, I, I wanted to, before we hop to this, so, um, the Ford, the one flaw that it had in my book, not very good off-road. Not oh, yes. built for off-roading. Uh, it does have a four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive. Yeah, system. but it's, it's for light off-roading. But no clearance, almost no clearance. Yeah, ground clearance is poor, uh, and it's, it's heavy. And that can be an issue during, but but light off-roading, going off-road into muck and stuff like that, it, it's fine. But the reason I mention that is because of what the next car is on this list. Uh, yeah. Or truck, I should say. Yeah, don't say car. No, uh, so this one is the GMC Hummer EV. Uh, we did not have a reservation on this guy, but one of you guys, um, we've done it twice in mm-hmm. recent years. Um, one of you guys said, you know, I don't want my reservation. Let's do something. So we were able to... Uh, purchase this, trans- transfer it, and also use uh, promote a charity, right? Yep. Um, using this, uh, we also did that with the Ford Bronco. Mm-hmm. So, this is a super truck. It was one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars to purchase. Yeah. This was. Remember when I said when we said TRX was our most expensive at seventy seven thousand? Yeah. This this trumped it by a that, massive amount. Uh, yeah. This was huge, uh, but we used the sale of the F one hundred and fifty Lightning and the ZR two. 
and some other vehicles that we sold uh, to actually be able to do this. And yeah, so massive ground clearance, mm-hmm. 35s from the get-go, and mm-hmm. we put 37s on it later. Yes, we did. Uh, four-wheel steering, yep. adjustable height suspension, Yep. huge interior, removable top. Yep. This is a super truck, but... Not reliable. Yeah, immediately we we're starting to run into issues. And a lot of them were solved with reboots. But yeah. still, issues, problems. They were technical issues, which shouldn't be on a on any vehicle much less one that's over a hundred grand and there was another there's an achilles heel to this vehicle which i think all this kind of well not all of it but a lot of it uh points to this one thing it is remarkably heavy over nine thousand pounds and we're talking about a vehicle that lengthwise isn't very long yeah it's wide it's very wide but it's not a very big vehicle per se, yet when you're out there and you're going up and down through rocks and whatnot and taking this thing off-road, which is what it was supposed to be built for, and you have any issues, lugging around 9,000 pounds or getting 9,000 pounds off a rock that it's stuck on is not easy. As we have shown. Yes. So you can check out OTFL.com for several off-road videos that we've done, both in Colorado and in Utah, uh, and a lot of our trips. Um, we've had it, I, I think, I don't remember exactly the miles we put on, but it was like five or 6,000 miles. Yeah, we, um, we did some cross-country with it. Uh, we definitely drove it back to Moab a few times. Yeah, and by the way, the trip to Moab I've done with Roman, mm-hmm. um, and it was relatively simple. You might think going 350 miles in a truck with a range of 329 miles would be very, very difficult. But we drove from Denver to Grand Junction, had dinner while it was charging, which was plenty, plenty. Drove once again from Grand Junction to Moab, went to sleep, plugged it in while we slept. It was plugged in at the hotel, off-roaded the next day, and went home. So it was actually reasonably doable, actually, in this truck. But bear in mind that this vehicle is one of the fastest charging trucks or vehicles that you can buy in the United States. It's a super, super fast charging. 350 kilowatt. Potentially, yeah. Um, is it always going to charge like that? No, absolutely not. Um, and not, not in today's environment. However, it still will charge fast and the battery's massive. It's one of the biggest ones out there next to another truck that you recently tested. And, um, it's, that's one of the reasons why it's so bloody heavy. <laughs> it's got a yeah. huge battery. So they're still not selling a lot of these. No. Uh, 65 Hummer EVs were sold in the first six months of 2023. Wow. Which is a very, very low number for a giant company. Well, like, like General, General Motors? Motors. Uh, yeah. that's. Just... So I think they're ramping up still. <laughs> but um, whatever you know, manufacturing problems they had uh, or delays, it shows. You it, know, it, yeah. Just to, put, just to finish this off, I feel like we were almost like beta testers for them. That we bought it so early on, and we drove it around, and we a lot of the things that we showed them went wrong, including the the thing drying on us completely. And also, like for example, it does have a front locker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would not be easy to engage. Yes, you know, those types of issues. Well, it completely failed on Roman. Yeah. He had to drive it out of a very difficult off-road situation in, in rear drive only. Yeah, we were lucky it was able to do that. And one time it failed altogether, and we couldn't even get it off the street. And it's not light enough to be t- uh, pulled onto a flatbed easily. So these are the, um, there are many issues. It's not quite ready for prime time. Not when we bought it. Maybe now they've worked out some of the the kinks, and uh, maybe it's better. 
But um, yeah, not my favorite amongst the vehicles we've had. Ironically, one of my favorites is a General Motors vehicle. It's just not that one. Okay. What is it? Should be on the list. Did we already talk about it? No, the other, um, the Trail Boss, isn't that on here? Oh, that was, I didn't put it on this list because. You you didn't, did you? Well, because it was like older. It was older than three years. Shame. Shame. So, uh, yeah. We, we also had a trail boss. Yeah, we had a, a regular trail boss. I loved it. I loved it. It was such a stout, reliable, decent truck. And But anyway, speaking of stout. <laughs> I think one of our most successful builds. This build was fantastic. The truck itself did a wonderful job accepting the build that we put onto it. And it was just a beast. And we've learned a lot along the way. Yeah, this, we have. We're, we're talking about our 2022 Ram 2500 Cummins turbo diesel. We are calling Trail Hound. I actually, I'm glad we chose that name. I think it's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used many components using uh, BDS suspension, lift, uh, front and rear. AEB we, uh, components on the outside. Oh, yes. And uh, Fox shocks as well. And also LU cab camping solution um, in the bed yep uh, a topper uh, and in the end and we're kind of winding down this project right now sorry I, I want to find more pictures of this That's guy That's okay um, w- dude so the suspension system wasn't quite as fancy as we've tried in the past mm-hmm. with other vehicles and I think maybe that's the solution where you don't change the suspension quite as much as you would otherwise yep uh, we did put 37s on it. It does throw. It does squat. So we introduced some squat into the system. Yeah, we did, uh, we did get a little bit of butt squat out of it. Uh, but now we'll be doing more videos with this truck because we removed the LU cabin. So that's off. Now it's back to its pickup truck configuration. It's still on 37s. It still has a massive AEV bumper. It just in the looks wind. phenomenal. Good looking truck. Yeah, and it looks much. I think, you know, what we need next is mud flaps because what? we're throwing a lot of mud onto our doors. Yeah, who cares about that? All these guys run around with these tires that stick out like six inches past their fender, and who cares? No, no, no. First of all, it's illegal. And second of all, it, it dirties the vehicle's handles and all this. Trucks stuff. look better dirty. Okay. Trucks look better dirty. Well, I agree, but yeah, but all right, I right. have to wash it every day. So, and we're not allowed to get like suggestive mud flaps either, anything that's like considered politically incorrect either. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, check out, check this truck out on OTFL. We went um, with David and Alex, we went down to Arizona. We did um, Devil's Highway with mm-hmm. it, uh, which was a huge, huge uh, off road trail. Yeah, long, long you guys distance. did a hell of a job with that. So, super successful. We still have it. We haven't sold it. Uh, another truck we did sell. And this was uh, one, actually, m- one of my favorites, I would say. I'm talking about the Ford. Are you talking about the little, oh, the Ranger? Little, little tiny Ford. Yeah, we, you know, we just didn't quite have that one long enough in my book. I know, but we're not CEOs. That's here. the problem, is that we just don't have the finances to hold on to these things for longer periods of time. I know some of you guys were like, well, why did you get rid of it so quickly? Well, we knew that a new Ford Ranger was coming. So we wanted this one so we, at least we could have like a base level, right? Uh, so we could have the yardstick to begin with. We knew how good it was. And now we have the new ones coming out very... Sh- in, what are, well, it's supposed to be like... Yeah, in a few months, yeah. actually. Yeah. So we'll be able to take those based on the lessons we learned with this one and go from there. But we did manage to do a couple things to make it look a little sharper. Yeah, we purchased a 2019 Ford 
uh, Ranger, uh, which is still kind of the same. Mm -hmm. The new generation, like you're saying, is coming in a few months. Uh, it has a turbocharged engine. Uh, ours was a crew cab with a short bed, you know, five footer. Um, and we put a sunset graphics on it, mm -hmm. which some people loved and some people hated. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I wanted to say to wrap up this truck is, first of all, comfortable to sit in. Uh, you know, the Gladiator we talked about earlier, it's kind of, you sit upright and a little bit close to the I will admit that the, the, the Ranger is more comfortable than the Gladiator, but I, I, I didn't think the Ranger was that. It was okay. In my book. Okay. okay. It was okay. Well, for, uh, for me, it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. We towed heavyweights with it. Yes. And it does well. It's a really good tow yes. truck for its size. Yes. And the tu I think the turbocharger helps it because you have lower torque mm -hmm. and just lots of power, lots of usable power. Yeah. So, I, like you said, I wish we still had it. Uh, we don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. We use the money from it to buy other stuff. That is correct. But Part of it was the Ram Classic. That's right. So one of the things we did, and I think that we can all agree that it was a very successful truck for us because we did a lot with it in a very short amount of time, was we got ourselves a Ram 1500, a brand new one, but the classic. And we wanted to buy the least expensive full-size truck that we could get with four-wheel drive. And that is a sort of kind of what we did with this Ram 1500. Yeah, so they still built the previous generation Ram 1500 alongside the new generation. Mm -hmm. They call it the classic. Uh, we found that this was difficult to find. Yeah, way. we had to go to another state. Uh, yeah, Idaho this time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a two-door short bed, which is actually they discontinued. Yeah, now you can only get the two-door long bed yeah. uh, version of it. And we put even uh, Tommy's Fiat uh, Cinquecento. In the back, in the back of it, which it didn't like very much. Frankly, that no. should have gone in a heavy-duty truck. We we should try that again. We really should. Um, but this Ram 1500 actually recently sold, as of this uh, recording, mm -hmm. um, and we put about 6,500 miles on it. You and I did many loops with it, MPG loops, testing a variety testing. of different theories and whatnot. And we even added stickers to it, which apparently went over really well with some of you. Yep, and then we removed the stickers as <laughs> yes, well. Yes, we did. Um, and also, it has basic all-season tires, but we even had snow videos with it. and it, uh, Off-road videos, too. Serious off-road videos Yeah, with the, it. the boys took it to Moab, <laughs> yeah, of all they, places. The boys speeded it up a little bit, uh, too. Wow. So it's been a solid truck. We didn't have it long enough, maybe seven months. Yeah. Um, but once again, we needed the funds to fund something else. That is correct. So I think that brings us almost up to date. Yeah, which is the current truck we do have is another super truck. Uh, that is the Raptor R. Mm -hmm. Now, the Raptor R, uh, we've been a little bit careful with. Um, it's not something that we've uh, done some boulder bashing with anytime recently. Uh, although we have done some light off-roading with it, and I think we're going to do a little bit more. We've done a lot of drag racing with it. And also um, towing. And towing, yeah. exactly. It's actually the best rated uh, Raptor of all time. It, it's rated to tow up to 8,700 pounds. Um, so on the iGauntlet, we've towed with it several times. It does have an issue with squat. Yeah. So it does have soft suspension, has the latest um, Fox Live valve shocks, of course, and that supercharged V8 that we discussed already. Um, so if I would put a negative on this truck, uh, it may have to be the squat. Uh, when you load it up, mm -hmm. uh, because it does have 1,500 pounds of payload capacity, but when you put 1,500 pounds of stuff into it, you're kind of low riding it. Well, basically. here's the crazy part. That little Santa Cruz that I own, 
It's the same amount of payload, and yeah. uh, I have a self-leveling suspension in the rear to where it doesn't squat even with a thousand pounds in it, whereas in the Raptor would be. But then again, we're totally different vehicles, and the Raptor's built for off-roading. I will say my only issue with it, I don't mind the squat. I, I expect it for, for an off-roader. My only issue is the fact that I don't think it looks uh, special enough compared to a regular Raptor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're spending so much more money on the Raptor R. I really want it to be unique looking. I, I want a completely different front end. I want different fenders, something that really differentiates it between the regular Raptor and what mm -hmm. this one is. Mm -hmm. Because underneath the hood, man, that thing is dynamite. It is a fantastic driver, but I just want it to look a little bit more special, I guess. I would agree with you. Um, I mean, I know that's an R because it has a small R in the grill and mm. orange tow hooks, but I'm a truck freak. Right. Right. A normal person just looking at the truck, walking by. Just probably a Raptor, will never and, and they'd just be like, yeah, and there's yeah, some, you know, thousands of Raptors out there. Yeah. Who cares? So, so, yeah, I would agree with you there. The engine is special. Oh, it is. It's, it's hard to explain. It just revs really quickly. It's such a race car. In a, in a truck body. Right. Exactly. I mean, this engine, you would think, doesn't belong there, but it does great. And just driving it, you're just cruising around. It just absolutely has no problem sitting there, you know, 1,800 RPM, blah, 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 blah. It's just absolutely, it's not as lethargic as the TRX engine was, which is a much larger displacement powertrain, very different types of uh, you know, places well, that they come from. Yeah, the TRX revs. Like a truck would, mm -hmm. you know, the revs Lower build nicely. RPM, right. It's got lots of torque. It's, it sounds amazing. It's fast, but the Raptor R takes it to the next level. Yeah, really. it's really the sports car of pickup trucks. Yeah, in that and it does. It's very expensive, one hundred ten thousand dollars. This one, uh, but I think as far as off road. I would call them still "quote unquote" super trucks. Yeah, I would agree with that. I agree. With um, that. And ours, we've had for about thirty-five hundred miles. We have a video coming out very soon, uh, kind of a long-term update mm -hmm. where you can see what everything we've done with it. So check it out on OldTFL.com. But this truck, um, zero issues. Yeah. So far. Yeah, really it, solid. It kind of it kind of maintains that, you know, the TRX, the previous Raptor, mm -hmm. um, and even like the Trail Boss, you know, Chevy. Just zero problems whatsoever. It kind of maintains that character. Super built, well built truck. On thirty sevens. On thirty sevens. There it is. Okay. Ooh. Wow. That well, was a long show. Yeah, it was a little longer than For we us. anticipated, but we managed to get through them all. And uh, I'm curious, out of the trucks we mentioned, which one was your favorite and why? Can you let us know in the comments below? Yeah, please. We, we read all the comments and uh, listen to you guys. Uh, use uh, Patreon, please. Patreon.com slash TFLcar. We did not get to Mark Cooper's question for a reason. Uh, Mark, thank you for your comment. We'll use but, that in another show. But you are directing your comment to Roman. Oh, that's So we'll have reason. to use Roman for this one. I could pick being Roman. Uh, let's save this. Next time I buy a chair, I'm going to tell you right now on a rant to mind that AMX... Because I was making fun of my uh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so that's next time. Okay. So Mark, uh, Mark uh, Roman will address your question. Absolutely. Guys, we hope you have a great week. Don't forget to go to alltfl.com for all the information on all the stuff we do at TFL Studios. Yeah, and hopefully this uh, show kind of helps you out because, yeah, um, looking at this list, we've owned a lot of vehicles recently. <laughs> we certainly have. And we'd be happy to give you more detailed information about any truck that you're asking about in the near future. So we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.